This is Grow With The Bros, hosted by Ryan and Ken Parsons, founders of the Brothers That Just Do Gutters. Welcome to another episode of Bro Brainstorm. We've made every mistake in the book so you don't have to. Our time to evolve as business owners is now. Let's grow together. All right, today we have Bro Brainstorm. This is episode number 13, and the topic is reducing your business to a system. So basically, systematizing your business, right? We hear all that all the time. You need systems. But what does it mean? I don't know, big brother. What does it mean? Oh my gosh, what does it mean? Where do you start? Well, um, it's basically going through every little thing and aspect of your business that makes your business move forward and making making a process of how you do certain things in every aspect or department of your business and then putting a process in place for how you do every little thing. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's really what um, is the beginning <laughs> of uh, systematizing your business. Well, I mean, but what's interesting is all of our businesses have a system already. So whether you've written it down, whether you think so or not, whether you feel disorganized, your system might just be showing up to work in the morning, going to the job, then realizing you forgot the right material, then going to the distributor, then going back to the job. It is a system, you know? And, and it's happened before, I think, to me. <laughs> yeah, no, oh my gosh, that's the beginning of our what? system. You forgot to load a gutter coil? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but we have systems, and for some of us that um, do better at business, it's all in our head, you know? And we're gonna talk about that today. Um, some of you are really good about getting, getting to the shop early, getting uh, everything ready, having your guy show up, hopping in the truck, having your material. What's really good is that some of you have systems and they're good, except that they might just only live in your head. Um, And some of you might not have good systems and you find yourself having the same problems over and over. And so we're going to kind of go down the list and talk about, you know, what areas of your business need to be systematized. Ken, I think you can answer that. What areas of the business need to be systematized? All of them. It's so funny. I wrote the exact same thing down preparing for this. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like, what do systems do to help grow the business? You know, business without systems is just organized chaos. And, um, you know, anybody that has started, their, started a business uh, by themselves, uh, for themselves, you know, truly like wearing all the hats knows what that can be like. You know, whether you're an organized person or not, you don't have uh, certain things in in place. Uh, Business can be very stressful. And it certainly was in the first several years that I was in business. And I'm a pretty organized person when it comes to being organized, keeping like my truck and, and that kind of stuff. But I wasn't so organized really with other things like the back office admin. I didn't want to have nothing to do with that. Um, you know, (laughs) so basically uh, one of the biggest reasons to add systems is, is to reduce stress. It's just, you have too many things going on in your brain, too many balls that you're holding in the air, uh, between all the things that you have to do. So when you start to systematize, that does relieve some of that stress, correct? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always picture it as like, you know, you have this big, uh, tank of water that's floating above your head. 
And every time something blows up in your business, you know, I'm trying to patch it, but whatever, what, what always happens is I never have enough hands to patch all these holes in this tank of water that's always just pouring on my head, you know, and it's always seems like you're, you're in the midst of a storm all the time, every day that there's these fires, people talk about putting out fires and, and that really ends up being what controls your time and you're always doing that and you never seem to have time to take the business to the next level because all these things keep happening to me and there's yeah. nobody really to help me because I'm the guy, you know, I'm the leverage. Yeah. So that's good. So what we're going to talk about today is kind of, we're going to go through how we systematized our business, uh, where we started um, and why. So, so hopefully um, you guys get a lot out of this because really the ultimate reason that we did a lot of this was because we wanted to replace ourselves and, you know, Ken started out, you know, doing everything. And I started out installing with him. Um, but we both had bigger dreams to grow a business. So in order to do that, we needed systems, um, that as we grew, other people could follow them so that we can continue to grow. And this interesting thing about that specifically to, uh, gutter, uh, you know, the gutter industry and your gutter business is that, it is a, it's a product and service based business that always wants to grow. You know, no matter how much you try and hold that business back from growing, it always wants to, the estimate schedule keeps pushing it out. And before you know it, you're booked out like two weeks, three weeks. And then all of a sudden, you know that you're missing opportunities because people don't want to wait that long, you know, timing and, and, and scaling and all those things. This, this business, this industry wants to do that. You know, it's like a wild horse that wants to run free and continue to just grow like crazy. But um, sometimes because uh, we're wearing so many different hats, we're, 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 we're pulling the reins back on that thing and it wants to grow. So it's, it's a great business for, for that. But if, if I would if, say you're I, half right on that, Ken, I would say you're half right because the only reason we feel that is because we've systematized our marketing that we're always increasing. A lot of people don't experience exactly what you talked about because there's no marketing muscle that the business goes up and it's down. And in the spring, they feel that little pop. Um, but I don't forget what we've systematized. Like, and, and I, I have to remind myself, the reason that we feel some predictableness there and the business is outgrowing us sometimes and we're trying to keep up is because of that marketing um, that we do. So Ken, I know, um, the system of a gutter business really attracted you in the, in the beginning when you saw someone's truck, you know, what did that, what was that that went off in your head? Um, well, you know, it, a lot of things went off. It was, it brought me back to what, you know, how it used to be with working with dad, you know, and his truck and his truck and his guys, you know, they were just, they would just throw things in there all the time. It would drive me nuts. Um, you know, cause I was, I, I just, it was something in me from when I was, I guess, a little kid. I think it, you know, I was just always like things in a certain spot in a certain place. And that was kind of like one of the jobs that I took on, uh, you know, keeping dad's truck clean and separating nails from screws and all kinds of stupid <laughs> stuff that would drive me nuts. And when I saw, you know, the first person that I worked for um, during the summer uh, doing some gutters and, and that person opened up their truck and I was like, Wow. Literally eat off the floor. You know, it was like, I don't know. It was like this big glow around the doors of the truck and everything. It was like, ah, you know, 
that is what it's supposed to look like. That's what I always pictured when I was from when I was just a little kid of how um, our dad's business and truck could be set up. But, um, you know, when you're focused on something niche like gutters and not trying to be everything to everyone, it's a little bit easier too. And, you know, dad was uh, kind of a jack of all trades guy doing all these different things and tools for everything where this was so niche and so nice. And here was the machine and here was the downspouts and the ladders were over here and everything and every tool that was needed to make the gutters was right there to utilize with the machine. And it was unbelievable. It was a night and day difference. And that was like, man, that this is something that is very interesting to me. Yeah. And that was the biggest, uh, one of the biggest reasons that, you know, Ken, you started getting into the business is you could picture working in that environment. And, you know, it's a different podcast and all the reasons why Ken started it. But that was the first thing. And, and most owner operators, they get that part down very well. Um, I, I, you know, yes, at the distributor, you see a lot of trucks that are a mess. But for the most part, a lot of the owner operators, they systematize their truck and their tools. And a big reason is when you have a helper and you're stuck up on a roof and you need your yellow snips or your red snips, how nice is it be able to tell a guy that might know nothing, hey, in the back door of my truck, there's a pair of yellow snips. And then you don't have to get down or you don't have to go waiting 30 minutes. Where is that guy with my snips? So um, you touch on a really important uh, thing there. Yeah. Uh, we all know that when we go into a McDonald's, for instance, we know that the fries are over to the left and there's a mirror because you can see the fries and the shake machine is straight ahead. You know, I've never worked in a McDonald's before and many of you have never worked at McDonald's, but you know where the menu is. You know where everything is. And if you were to go to work in a McDonald's, you'd probably figure it out really quickly because everything is in the same spot in the same place. And that's the start. That's like the beginning of where you got to go to with all things in your business to figure out that stuff and, and get yeah. that in order. So our journey to systematizing our business, you know, that's what attracted Ken to it. He obviously set up his truck. Uh, amazing. It was clean. Everything was right in its place. Um, and then I, when I got involved, um, I, I never realized this, but I, I was, I'm, I'm built that way. Systems is how I view everything. And I didn't notice that that's how my mind was wired until a few years working with Ken. But I remember one of the first things that I noticed was driving to jobs and not, you know, really having any paperwork. Ken might've had a, a drawing that he, you know, not to make fun of him too much today, but maybe a little bit, but you know, he would draw a diagram on a, a piece of cardboard that he ripped off a leader box. And that was his diagram for the house. And then he had maybe on a business card, he gave the person the price. We'd be heading to a house and I'll tell you more often did, than not. I did, I did have, I didn't do it ever on a business card. I always, I did have those uh, things, those little sheets from Staples. Where okay. Have, the sheets uh, from Staples. You know, and they fit perfectly in my shoe box. It's I had true. a shoe box that said paid, not paid. I still, and that was a system. I think it's still in the office, actually. Actually, we, we should talk about your accounting system. Because just like we said, no matter what, your business has systems. Um, but I've realized early on, and I came from a graphic design background, I'm like looking at how this is happening and how many times we forgot the right color. We didn't have something and the job had to get suspended and we'd have to go do a distributor run. One of the first things I asked was, Ken, can I make you a, a sheet that has your diagram on it, has all the materials on it and the customer name? It was amazing. It was revolutionary at the time. And I remember making this sheet and it was awesome. And then the sheet evolved and grew and we realized we needed more 
items. And, and again, we're not going to get too much in the weeds here, but one of the first things that we systematized was the field. How, do, how could we just not have that anxiety, not go to unnecessary trips to the distributor? Um, so it started there. And then it started with a database. Ken told, his accounting system was literally a shoebox. He would take the carbon copy. The client would have one. He'd have the other. And in his shoebox, one side said paid and the other side said unpaid. And there was a large stack of paid and there was a small stack of unpaid. So when Ken would go home at night, he'd pick up that stack and call the people who owed him money. It's an accounting system, you know, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it works so well today, but... but we systematize moving clients into a database. And I know this might sound really um, elementary to some of you guys that might have CRMs and are way past this, but this is our journey. And this was back in 1990, actually 2002-ish is when we embarked on doing all this stuff. Then we put people in a database and then marketing. We had to get the brand right. You know, I made Kenny a really terrible logo at first and then eventually a website and yellow pages and a coherent message. So we're systematizing the field, the accounting and back office stuff and the marketing. Um, and that's kind of how it began was putting it all in paper at the time and then trying to have some meetings with our guys. It's crazy when I, uh, once in a while, when we clean the offices and stuff like that, Ken will walk in and be like, dude, I found a memo from 2002. <laughs> our instincts were awesome. I can't believe some of the stuff that we thought of and were trying to do in the beginning and it took us literally 15 to 20 years to master some of the ideas we had then. Um, so that's how we started. And a lot of people want to know if that, if we systematized everything just because we wanted to franchise and no, I mean, it was in our DNA. I mean, this is Ken and I, that's just how we're, we're wired is to, to build and grow. Right. Right. Build and grow. Yeah. All we know. <laughs> <laughs> building grow is all we know. So it's in our nature. I mean, when I think back as like kids, my dad was a contractor and he would, he would make us blocks from, from spare wood. So he would do a job and then he'd come home and he'd polish up some blocks and he'd bring them home. And Ken and I would always try and make it as big as possible. He'd make it as tall as possible. I'd make it as pretty as possible. Um, that was kind of how we, uh, it's the pretty boy in this, uh, <laughs> Even when we, we were just, I'm building a tree fort for my kids right now. And it reminded me of when Ken and I built a tree fort. It was all about how many levels it could have. It doesn't matter if it was a board in a branch. We counted that as a level. So yeah. level one, level two. Remember that? Yeah. Most of it was built with, I think, quarter inch plywood, which really wasn't the safest thing. <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing we survived. And then, um, so that was kind of, everything was about that. So in order to scale, and this hit us later, because at, at first we didn't, we didn't know why we were doing it, um, except for to make our lives easier, to be more efficient, to not be trying to, you know, anything that has to exist in your brain is taking up space. So anything that you can get from your brain to a piece of paper, think of a calendar. You know, calendars are so freeing that you don't have to keep all that in your head. Back in the day, Ken, he had to remember who he told he'd be there on Tuesday. Like he had a cork board. Remember that system? His scheduling was a cork board that was what? This, I mean, it was literally as big as a computer. It, yeah. it was the smallest thing in everywhere. And if anything fell. Well, we graduated to a much bigger cork board from there. You remember that? Oh my gosh. It was I like do. as big as a wall. <laughs> yeah. So everything has phases in your system. 
The first step is to put it on paper. So if you're looking for steps, you already have systems. It's time to put it on paper. All right. And what did we do at first? You know, we didn't have any resources. Ken and I weren't reading books at this point. We were literally making it up based on trial and error and what we thought was best, right? Right. Now, do you remember the, the, uh, the book? I think I read it first and recommended it to you. Do you remember off the top of your head the one that kind of just was the epiphany of like we were on the right track? Yeah, I mean, it's a book that is pretty well known out there, uh, The E-Myth. I, I know back when we read it, it wasn't, it was like just hitting the, the, you know, the, the book stands. And I know that was a book that really stuck with you um, uh, and I, because we both have that kind of mindset. Um, but, you know, even if you don't have that kind of mindset, it's super important to try and get it. And then also to get people on your team that have it, whatever it is in your business, you know, you're always going back and forth to see, you know, how can I solve this problem going forward Mm. and putting processes in place so that this thing doesn't continue to happen over and over again, because when things continue to happen in our businesses, we lose money. And, And that's really why systems are so important is because without systems and processes and policies, your business is definitely going to not be as profitable. Yeah. And really how much freedom do you want to have? You know, when you have organization in your business and you have details and and processes in place, uh, your freedom that you have is going to be so much better. It's, it, you're not going to have, if you feel like you're stressed out all the time and you're at your wits end or, your, your patience is always being like right here, like, man, like you're always on the edge and that you need something to take the edge off, <laughs> you know, then it's probably a good sign that you need to put systems, systematize your business. So the E-Myth was the huge one. If, you, if you're systematizing your business or you want some encouragement that you're doing the right thing, uh, I, I think the quote was from this book, but I, I botch things all the time. So who knows? But a big thing that stood out to me was it's not people who fail. It's systems that fail, all right? So when you're thinking that your people stink, no, sorry, your systems stink. Sometimes your people stink and you need better ones. But for the most part, if you put good systems in place, you can have average people do extraordinary things within them. Think of McDonald's. It's the largest company in the world run by 16-year-olds. So systems really work. Every system starts with this very important question. What if I wasn't here, all right? So you need to run every part of your business through the what if I wasn't here test. That's it. That's literally, look at, we're talking gutters today. I don't know why we keep talking about gutters, but we're talking gutters. Um, What if I didn't show up today? What would happen? Oh, the guys wouldn't even know where to begin. Well, why not? So what if I wasn't here? So every area of your business, and a lot of people want to know where to start. Well, start wherever you're at. You know, for Ken and I, it started in the field. And if you're an owner operator, it starts in the field. Don't go systematize something else. Doesn't make sense. You know, you want to get out of the field and systematize that part of the business. All right. So if you're saying things to yourself, like if I could only find better guys, I could grow. No, I'm sorry. That's not true. You can get a superstar tomorrow, but if he doesn't have systems and you're not organized, he's going to bail. He wants to be in an organized environment where he can thrive. So stop lying to yourself. You need to be a better company to have better people. 
So if you don't have good people, you might not have a good company. So think about that. That might be a little bit of a, too much of a dose of reality today, but systems don't solve everything. Um, but they are a huge start. So if you're saying things like every time I step away from the, the field, everything collapses, you know, you think everything's great till you go on a one week vacation and it was the worst vacation you ever had. Uh, happens, happened to me, happened to Ken, happened for years. Couldn't even take a day off to go golfing without the phone blowing up. Unbelievable. Again, not my people's fault. My fault, Ken's fault. We did not have enough systems in place to enjoy that yet. So the what if I wasn't here test. So think about the morning. It, it really, it is simple guys, but it takes a lot of effort to really think of it. So if I wasn't here today, okay, what is it, what it should look like? Arrive at 7 a.m., you know, get the trucks ready, clean them out, stock them, review the schedule for the day, head out, call the client, um, introduce, you know, when I get to the job, what are they supposed to do? Because you can easily think about, I just need guys to go out and get the work done. Okay, great. That's the very beginning of your system. But now what is every little step? And it's not even the minutia matters. You know, when you tell people that work starts at seven, you know, does that mean having a cigarette, a bagel and a cup of coffee and you're clocking in with your elbow and you're at 7 a.m. You're like, I'm on time and you sit down and finish. No, it means ready to work. But guess what? Unless we've written that down and gone over it with somebody, it can mean something completely different. So we already know inherently what needs to be done. Now take the time and write it down. Eventually, you're going to have a checklist. You know, you, you could even laminate it. That anybody that shows up, if all of a sudden you can't be at work today, you're like, sorry, guys, I'm sick. You're going to have to do today without me. They can go over to the checklist and go, um, oh, yeah, 7 a.m. Clock in, guys. What do we do at 7.05? Uh, clean out the trucks. Uh, then what? You know, look at the jobs for today. Then what? It's all there. I know it sounds crazy, but if all that's in your brain, you're out of your mind because you're one sickness away from not having any work come in. And that's a big reason to systematize. So that's it. I mean, like, really, the bulk of it is writing it down then eventually gathering all that and possibly putting in a manual together or a video together, yeah. whatever it takes. That's how you start to, you know, basically like they say, reduce your reducing your business down to systems. Yeah. And he, you know, just one small thing to add to that is, you know, maybe you have a multiple truck operation, but man, the guys always take so long to get out in the morning. You know, you're here at seven, but, the first truck isn't leaving till eight, you know, why is that happening? You know, they should, it should, they should be out the door. We should be at the first job by eight o'clock, <laughs> you know, um, you know, what do I have to do to make that better? Maybe the guy, maybe my new policy is, or a checklist item that I have for the guys is to fill up the trucks before they come back to the shop at the end of the day, or, and also clean out the trucks and restock them. And that's part of their day. You know, no matter what time they get back, uh, they do that. Um, yeah. That way in the morning, things are smoother. You know, everybody can start a fresh new day in a nice, new, nice, clean, organized truck with everything in it. Um, yeah. and, the, and the truck is full of gas and you're not running out in between estimates or whatever you're doing in your business to go bring gas to a truck that ran out of gas. 
Um, believe me, everything that you could have happen under the sun has happened uh, over the last 21 years of us doing this. We talked about the employees and how 16-year-olds can go and work at McDonald's and everything's where it's supposed to be, but that in turn creates a predictable experience for customers. The reason why people go to McDonald's is because of all the reasons of they walk in, they know what they're going to get. It's the same everywhere you go, like them or hate it. Somebody's buying McDonald's every day because they're, they're still in business. So it, it, it's a two-sided coin. Systems really help you grow your business and empower your employees, but it also now be, creates a predictable experience for your clients. So um, I want to move on here. So we talked a little bit about the field and just systematizing everything. And don't worry about getting it perfect before you roll it out. I don't care if you have 10 bullet points on how to run your day. It's a great start. But like Ken said, eventually you're going to go, wow, something's, we got this system. I laminated it. The guys have a checkbox, but why are they taking 45 minutes to an hour to get ready in the morning? And then sometimes we just got to break it down and go a little deeper and go, aha, they're not filling up at night. You know, they're not cleaning their trucks out at night. Meanwhile, you know, um, when the, when the uh, clocks turn back in the Northeast, it's dark at 430. There's nothing more frustrating than watching guys clean out their trucks at 7, 7.30 in the morning using good daylight and then they can't finish their jobs that day because they ran out of daylight. There's nothing more frustrating. So you make a system. I'm sorry, we don't clean out trucks in the morning. We clean them out at the end of the day. Anyway, there's or, always tweaking. Or, or, you're, uh, or you have guys that, you know, at the end of the month or end of the year or whatever, you're looking back at the year and said, man, I thought we did a lot better than that. And then you realize, you know, you know, what's going on? I, I noticed that the guys, when we need to get materials, they're going to the supply place. How long does that take them? I got two guys, maybe three guys in certain situations sitting for an hour. And we all know that supply places, they don't know how to count and they don't know how to get material like right then and there. And our guys are sitting there, we're paying them and there's window time. Now you calculate that all the way through the end of the year. Uh, and we figured out on one, uh, one company, that that added up to about $91,000 in lost revenue of guys sitting at supply houses. So maybe it's getting that material list right uh, from the sale, from the time of the sale to the time that you get it delivered. And if you're sending guys to get material, that is a big no, no. You do not want your guys getting material. That is a big, huge waste of money and profit in your business. Yeah. So, and that's kind of like when we first started out this uh, podcast today, what, you know, what do you systematize? All of it, everything. So we just talked about the field and, you know, a lot of us, Hey, that would be the greatest thing in the world if we can get that far. But then just like Ken said, all of a sudden it's like, well, what about ordering material? You know? And just like I said, back in the beginning, in the beginning, you know, we made a form that had all the material list because that when we wanted to go and schedule, at least we had the material list. And unfortunately, back in the day, we'd have to do it by hand and write it all down and, you know, all that fun stuff. And, and now, you know, technology has helped us do that with a click of a button. Um, but again, it's a system and you're, you're going to find it. Your, your business will expose where you need your next system. So start with one and then you're going to just continue to see what's next. And that's it. You just follow the trail and then it comes down to, you know, answering the phones. You know, for, for anybody who's hired your admin or an admin, 
we, we, we take for granted like, oh, you know what? Answer the phone. Okay, great. Then what? Well, if they want to schedule an estimate, schedule it. Well, where? Uh, I'll use Google Calendar or use this. Well, how do I know you're available? And then you go, holy crap. This is something I used to do myself. I'd come back to the office. I'd know in my head or I'd, and now you've got to go and now systematize everything again. Um, how do we answer the phone? What's our script on the phone? Do we ask about the marketing source? What information do we get? Don't we get? It is unbelievable when I think back to all the scripts and books and things that we've written to get to where we are. It was tons of work to get there. Um, and it didn't all happen overnight. It took years uh, to get there. Um, but we realized we needed a call center after we launched, you know, we did a lot of this training as we grew the New York location. But then when we launched our two pilot programs, Jonathan and Jeremiah, um, it quickly became evident, um, that we needed to help them with their phones because they were answering phones from the roof. They were forgetting that they told somebody something. And what was awesome is we already figured out the, how to do it all. We just need to forward their phone number to us. And it was, you know, instantly better. There's nothing worse than having the tool belt on or out on an estimate, whatever you do, or maybe you do both of those every day. And then having a phone call coming in from a client that's either irate or that needs to get scheduled an appointment. You know, it just totally throws through me. I mean, I can't handle more than a couple, one, one thing at a time. I'm not a multitasker, never claim to be one. Um, but I'm very good at focusing on one thing. But when I had to focus on all these other things, and I have my phone ringing off the hook. Back then, it was these little beeping Nextel things, and people would be beeping in. The phone would be ringing. I would be trying to clean up a job, you know, and then I'd have to go on an estimate or whatever, and it was, it was stressful. It sucked. It sucked. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not fun to always be in startup, uh, and that's what that is. Being in startup all the time for, like, years, I spent just being in startup. And yeah. for me, uh, it was super stressful. And, you know, it, that's, um, you know that's, that's a telltale sign too. If you're feeling a certain amount of stress with something, especially what, what you're doing, um, you know, then it's probably time to look at the business and say, you know, what do I need to do here to make some changes? Yeah. And system, you know, like I said, you know, the, the test is what if I wasn't here? And then the other one is, and we lie to ourselves and we start saying, I'm the only one that can do X, fill in the blank, you know? Um, and, and no matter where you are in your business, there is something that you're saying that about. I know I do it. I know Ken does it to this day. I we used to all, think that way. <laughs> we, but we all do it about something. There's something that we're still holding on to, whether it's in the beginning where Ken was the only one that can install gutters, then he was the only one that can sell it. And I'm about to get to the, the only thing Ken was the only one for a few years that could schedule. Once we replaced him in the field, Ken, because he had all the experience, he's the only one that could look at the jobs and go, that's going to take him two hours. That one's going to take him four. And guess what? Ken was wrong most of the time because Ken was using how he used to do it. He would look at it and go, oh, I used to do a ranch in 45 minutes. I'll give the guys an hour because, you know, they're not me. And you know what was funny? we were, we were humbled a little bit. And then yes, we got, we got better at it, but it was Ken's job. Nobody else could do it, but Ken. And then eventually I got that job somehow. I think Ken was doing sales and wearing too many hats. So then Ryan was the only one that understood the schedule 
And then eventually Job, our production guy. Now, just so you know, full circle, we could have somebody hired for two days, not even one day. In their first day of working for our company, they can schedule all the jobs. That's how much we've reduced it to a system. And all we had to do was a stupid time study. We went out in the field. We timed, I don't know, Gabby did this, you know, uh, and, and loved it and did such a great job. Literally, probably 20 to 50 jobs. She went out and timed every little thing from takedown, introducing yourself to the client, cleanup. And then we ran a, a hundred jobs through this. And we came up with production rates. Holy cow, something that's been ex- existing since the beginning of freaking doing work, but it took us 10, 15 years in business to get that far. So now we have a formula. Whatever the price or whatever is of the job, you divide that by this and boom. Anybody can look at a job and say, that should take four hours or six hours. Send two guys, it's three hours instead of six hours because it's six man hours. Again, for you guys listening, maybe this is like, you know, elementary, but for us, we, we learned the hard way. Um, we, we knocked our head against the wall for years and then it was easy. Anybody that worked for us could schedule the jobs were now, predetermined. Now the testimonial to that system and all of that being put in place is that now we're hiring sales rep all across the country for other locations that are able to book work in a, in a profitable way. And, and yep. a lot of these sales guys, they know sales but some of them have never even hung gutter. Um, so, you know, that's also important. Uh, you know, your, 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 uh, your company is only going to be good as the systems that you have in place. But if something is repeatable, uh, especially with sales and the field, which drives this business, uh, then uh, it's easier to scale up. And it's because yeah. it's easier to get people to a level that's even higher than me. You know, there's people oh, yeah. that, you know, know, uh, more about uh, sales process as well as you know even installers than even what I used to even what I know at this point. Um, so, and and here's here's one thing. I there's some head trash out there, um, and a lot of people will look at the gutter business, especially in the trades. But yeah, well that's easy. You're just doing one thing: gutters. You know, I do remodeling, or I do plumbing, or I do electrical, and it's not that simple. Okay, well. The majority, I would say 99% of our competitors out there are an owner operator. If it's so easy to do gutters, then why aren't there people, why, why don't most of our competition have three to 10 crews? The work is out there, like Ken said, because it's not that easy. None of it is. I don't care if it's landscaping, plumbing, gutters, it, whatever you're doing, it takes time to systematize it. And I don't care if it's remodeling where every day it's different. Well, I do a kitchen one day and tile another. I'm sorry, you can reduce anything that you're doing to a system. And that might hurt somebody's feelings, but look across the country. There are people that figured it out in every instant. Um, so systematizing and replacing yourself and and that's it. So we're going to touch on quickly. I know we're, we're kind of getting to the, the end of this today, but systematizing the field. And then we had to systematize sales. Ken did sales. I did sales. We would figure out things that worked that didn't work. And uh, kind of to circle back a little bit, every system we have in place was pretty much born out of a complaint or an inefficiency. So you know, for instance, just calling clients on the way there was because people were complaining. 
hey, I, I, all of a sudden I'm getting, I'm hearing banging on my house and I come out the door and the guys are on the roof smashing my gutters off. And we're like, oh, well, you knew we were coming, right? And they're like, yeah, but it would have been nice if, if you at least knocked on the door. And it, as crazy as that sounds, our guys didn't like to talk to the clients. They wanted to just get to work. But we had to put a system together, call them on the way, knock on the door, introduce yourself and your crew member, and then start work. So <laughs> anybody that's complaining. Important to add to that too. It's one thing to have systems, um, but you also have to have awesome, awesome training. Yeah. <laughs> because without train training, I don't care how good the systems are. I don't care if you you know, you buy a brother's gutters franchise. The bottom line is, is if those systems sit on the shelf and nobody's sitting there training and putting together the training system that we have in place, then it's, it's not going to work. So, you know, it's one thing to create all these systems, but it's another thing to train the guys, you know, and, and that one thing that Ryan said, our guys didn't really like talking to customers. That's because they didn't have training on how to do it. And once we started learning how to train and, and started educating them uh, and getting them to read some of the books that we've read about talking with people, because I didn't want to do that either when I first started. I just wanted my phone to ring. I wanted people to sign a contract. And I just wanted to go hang them and bang them and get the job done and go to the next job. And, and, and a lot of guys are wired that way in construction. They're very task-oriented people and not really wanting to deal with the face-to-face interaction. But, you know, with a little bit of training week by week and, and getting guys to overcome whatever fears they may have and giving them the confidence and dealing with people and dealing with issues when they arise with clients, it all has to do with training those systems that you spent all the time creating, which That's is it. Uh, a huge, huge uh, uh, import, important part of being able to scale. Yeah. And that's it. Um, having your systems written down is the start. Then implementing and holding people accountable for the systems is the second part. Your systems don't replace management. It doesn't replace accountability. You still have to have meetings. You still have to make sure just because you wrote down the steps to doing a job or answering the phone doesn't mean it's happening. Um, but it, it makes it easier because now there's a checklist. There's something to go off of. It's not feelings. I feel like you should be getting the done the jobs done faster. No, time studies show that somebody with your pay and skill level should be able to do jobs at this rate. It's as simple as that. So it really does help clarify and help you manage your business, but it is not a substitute. And we've seen it in our own franchise. We've seen people literally take the the book, the training for an apprentice and hand it to a guy and say, Hey, read this, rather than actually doing it the way it's intended. And they 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 didn't do a good job there. And we can see a company that, you know, they could be the same size in revenue, but one's more profitable. One has less turnover in the field. And it all comes down to how well are you going to follow the systems that, as you can see from this podcast, took Ken and I 20 years. You know, we're still developing, you know, systems. It took us the better part of the business to work these things out. And that's what's interesting about, uh, uh, and I guess the next part here is, uh, Systems translated into franchises. Well, I was just going to touch on marketing really quick. You know, marketing, 
you have to, it basically starts with your brand. It has to have a consistent message. Um, you have to measure everything. So I don't care if you're using Home, Home Advisor, Thumbtack, Google, Facebook, Yellow Pages, uh, Yard Signs. I don't care what you're putting your money into. If you're not measuring it, then you're never going to know what's working for you. So having a great brand helps all of your stuff. Knowing your numbers and watching trends. Um, so staying one step ahead. At this point, we are a marketing machine. It is unbelievable to see what our team accomplishes. Uh, this was something that was my hat. I was the only one that could do marketing. I barely touch it anymore. Um, I might sit in on meetings once a month. They tell me where things are going, what the trends are, what the numbers are, and I ecstatic. We've never seen so much traction so fast um, and the level of growth. So we're not gonna get too bogged down there, but we have an unbelievable team that literally doesn't run the business on feelings. They run it on data. And whatever the data tells them is kind of the direction we go. But there's a lot of tracking from the time somebody calls to everything else to, to make sure that we're putting all of our money in the right, right places. So, yes, that was kind of all on marketing. But, yeah, we're going to go to the next part and then wrap it up. A, when you don't have processes and systems and training and all these things in place that we're talking about, you are running your business on feeling. And when you re run your business on feeling – you feel like, hey, I got this business and I'm in business for myself and there's a sense of pride and accomplishment there. But at the end of the day or the end of the year, when you look back at your year, it's like, holy cow, I feel like that, you know, as fast as I'm bringing it in, it's going out. And uh, that's, that, 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 that's not a good spot to be in. Uh, running your business on data uh, and real numbers and uh, is super important to uh, having success because there's, I know what it's like to be at break even or all the time. So obviously we, we, we franchised our business and there's tons of people that have franchised their businesses. And I think there's what, like 3000 something franchises out there that you can choose from if you wanted to go that route. Um, and basically- Except in the gutter industry, we're the only ones. Yeah, but in general, if, if you, you know, you're looking to buy something that somebody else has figured out and, and hopefully they've gone through the pain for you that Ken and I talked about today. When you're buying a Subway franchise or a McDonald's, you know, go watch the Founder movie. Look at what it took those guys before you know, Ray Kroc got involved. I mean, the amount of years and knowledge to get to a point where you can actually go and purchase something that's been figured out is incredible. The learning curve is absolutely ridiculous and, you know, they should have that for you. You know, if That's a franchise is just a widget, model. huh? Right? The franchise business, you get to enjoy the, the, the support system right out the gate. You know, you, yeah. when you invest in a franchise, you get that support system that we've been talking about on this whole call right out the gate. You don't have to spend a decade or a lifetime. And most of the people and the stories that you read about like Colonel Sanders or Ray Kroc or any other franchise out there, um, even uh, Lawn Doctor. I mean, they started back in 1967 and they weren't even called Lawn Doctor back then. So, you know, there's guys like that, the founders of companies that they didn't even realize the total, the full success of what their companies actually became uh because it happened after they were dead you yeah. know it really takes a lifetime uh of of work uh especially depending on the industry um of how to do it but imagine being able to shortcut that startup 
and be able to go right out the gate and have a business that you can enjoy, not just the support systems, but when you're investing in a franchise, it, it's a business strategy yeah. and a proven strategy. You can look at any uh, uh, type of studies on franchising. It's the most successful business strategy out there in the world that people can invest in. Mm -hmm. And you also have the franchisor company, uh, if they're truly doing it and working it right, they're always looking out. Uh, you know, I always look at business like here's, here I am standing here as uh, the franchisee or, or maybe it's me and I'm not in a franchise model, but still, I'm still standing in the same place. And out in front of me, there's this big, huge open field. But the problem with getting to the other side of that field is that there's all these unforeseen mines that are underneath the ground that I have to navigate through without stepping on one and it blowing off my leg um, or blowing apart my whole business or somebody, you know, coming through an intersection and smashing into my truck or trailer and demolishing it and, you know, all, all these things. So what a franchisor does is it helps to remove those mines and, and, and make a clear pathway across that field so that you can get to the other side of it and it doesn't take 10, 15 years like me and Ryan did. You know, it, it only takes you a year and you're there. Yeah. And you're like a, a company that is been in business for 20 something years right out the gate. You know, that's the power of, and that's why I get excited about it because, and that's why we chose this business model to grow. It's awesome. I remember when we uh, launched our first franchise, we launched two simultaneously, Richmond and Pennsylvania. And when we launched Richmond, we went down there. Um, we, we did some training with the guys and uh, we went out to their first few jobs for the first few days. I kind of forget at this point. But what was really awesome on the very first job that we did in Richmond, um, Ken was working with the installers and, uh, you know, we were all doing some work and walking around the house and stuff like that. And then I remember taking the yard sign and going to the top of the driveway to put it in the ground. Cause that's our system, you know, that you do that. And when I put that in the ground, it's our logo. And I looked and I saw the house. I saw these two guys that never installed gutters, installing gutters with our uniform, looked at the truck that was fully wrapped. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I closed my eyes and opened them, I would think I was watching the New York crew. I wouldn't know that this is literally the first day any of these people are doing this. It was insane. And, and it was a very proud moment to go, holy cow, day one, they got to look like a company that's been around for 20 years or multi-generations on the very first day of business. Um, so that was a big, huge, you know, feel good of all of our, 15 years of uh, banging our head against the wall, figuring it out. It was worth it that day. That was awesome. What's also awesome about it too, is that you get to research uh, a franchise before you purchase one. You know, it's, it's, it's considerably way less of a risk factor because what, when I started this business, I only had the guy that I learned from. I knew how to do the skill of hanging the gutter, but I had no idea how to run a business. And I had no idea about numbers and marketing or any of that stuff. And what's cool about the franchising and looking at a franchise is that you can look at it. You can talk to other people that own other territories and to validate with them. And it's considerably less risky than going out and trying to figure it out on your own. And plus it short, 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 shortcuts the, the, the time. Um, so, you know, that's what's awesome about uh, 
that part of it is that you can see and ask these questions to say, well, how do you do this and how do you do that? And, you know, it really helps you to have uh, where I think a lot of people have uncertainty about franchising and what exactly it is. You know, people always say, well, they, take, they, they sell you a territory and then they take your money. And, you know, that's as far as people's understanding of franchising is. And that's just like, you know, not even the complete story. Um, and that's why going down the path, if you are interested in going down the path, when you do, talk to the other people that have done it. You know, mm-hmm. where can you do that in a business? You know, when you're, when you're out there on business on your own, I didn't have anybody to fall back on. You know, it wasn't until Ryan became my partner and then we fell, we, we fell back on each other. And then we started doing all these things. And, you know, before you know it, boom, 15 years went by. And, you know, yeah, was it, a, it was a long, hard journey. We, good thing failure is not in our DNA. We kept failing forward. But it definitely developing uh, this kind of stuff in a business, if I knew what I knew now, and if there was somebody who pioneered what we've been pioneering in this industry that was doing it, and I was 18, 22, 23 years old again, whatever I was when I got introduced to this, man. I could be so much further ahead if somebody had done all this work and I could have just invested and said, all right, I'm in. Yeah. Um, and that's the power of it. No, that's awesome. That's huge. And, and what's crazy is when you think about franchising and, and paying a franchise or a percentage, it's literally less than sales tax. Like, and we don't think twice about paying sales tax. I mean, we all think about it because nobody likes it, but think about the value you're getting you know, for literally like the cost of, of sales tax. It's, it's crazy to me, you know, um, that when you're in a franchise, you don't have to hire the marketing. It's done. Like Ken and I had to figure it out. We went through like five logo iterations. We went through the, the amount of SEO. I became like an SEO expert for like a day because we didn't know how to do it. We didn't have the money in the beginning to hire it out. And, and we didn't know enough. Like Ken said, the, the biggest question was if I knew now then however we didn't know it if there was a franchise in gutters then i don't know if we would have saw the value in it we would we were probably still banging our head against the wall and might not have even been able to see it because we didn't have enough pain yet but now knowing the pain to get to the other side it is a no-brainer but the the things that we do we do all the marketing we literally answer every phone call schedule every estimate schedule every install we help do all the numbers we coach on a, on a monthly basis forecasting, Hey, your, your goal, how much do you want to do this year? Well, then we're going to have to have this many crews and, and salespeople and blah, blah, blah. Um, we have trainers. We have all the skills ladder manuals. We've literally systematized all of our training into manuals and videos. It's unbelievable what you can get out of the gate. Um, and I was just talking to Luke Smith. He was on the last podcast his business turns a year old on May 20th. He is about to launch his third gutter truck in probably just over a year by the time he does that. Ken, how long before we had three trucks? Do you, I, I don't remember. When did we have three trucks? You started in 99. Uh, well, you came on a little bit later, probably three and a half later, years later, and you bought the second truck because that was your buy-in for the partnership. I think our third gutter truck after we went down the whole uh going just brothers gutters and that's all we do um yeah i think it was 2010 or 11 it's crazy so 
that's that's what franchising does right there. Just talked to Luke uh, this morning, all you know, telling me how much revenue they have on the calendar and all this other stuff. And he's probably a month or two away from going to a third truck. He could actually he has enough work to run a third truck now, but it's a matter of you know scaling up, getting the talent, and then moving into that. So we're seeing that over and over in our franchise that guys are getting. To add to that is that Luke Smith does not have any gutter experience. When he came into this, he was in the True. landscaping industry for like 11, 12 years uh, prior uh, to this. So he had no gutter experience, never hang, hung a gutter. And if somebody, you know, with no experience can do it, um, you know, that really has a testimonial to the power of franchising as a business strategy. So realistically, how long did it take to completely systematize your business? Shoot, man. Uh, uh, it's easy to say we're still doing it, but the heavy lifting, I would say for each, for the field, it was at least five years from the time we decided to start systematizing it um, back around, what was it, 2010, it, um, where we wrote all the manuals and we really tried to make a go of it. It took pretty much five years to get all of that completely systematized um, there. The, 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 call, the contact center was a little bit shorter with the scripting and stuff. Um, marketing was an ongoing thing. So basically, you know, the major and stuff- Business is an ongoing thing. You it know? is ongoing. So even though you get all these things done and everything, there's always ongoing tweaks. But imagine not having to, imagine being a part of a, a system where, you know what? I don't have to worry about things being tweaked because I know <laughs> that's the job of the franchise or company. You collaborate together and yep. it's, there's meaningful stuff that helps the brand to continue to propel itself forward so that, you know, the next people and, and the people that are in it uh, continue to have uh, measured profitable success. That's it. And, and Ken said, it's always, it's always changing. I mean, we, we revamped the um, skills ladder a few years ago. We rearranged the skills. We moved them around. And we're about to completely overhaul the training again. Um, there's a major update coming that's going to be absolutely amazing. I'm so excited for it. Um, only going to make it easier for our people to train people um, in the franchise. So that's it. Like Ken said, it's, you know, we get to worry about that uh, while everyone else just continues to just try and build their business um, so there's definitely bumps in the road, but you just, how much easier to just update a system, you know, rather than if you lost somebody, imagine like you have a guy that you finally trained and he can do it without you. And then they leave. Now, all of that left with them, when you write things down, it stays done. And then if there's a break in the system, all you got to do is go edit that one document and say, you know what? We switched the way we're, you know, clocking in and out. Here's the new system edit, copy, paste. Now this is how you do it. How nice. The reason why people leave your businesses is because they hit, they, they most likely hit a ceiling. And when there's no growth, there's no opportunity. When there's no opportunity, people will leave you for another dollar an hour to go work somebody at someplace else. Um, because they will do that. And in, in, in this industry in service businesses and in the gutter industry, we see that widespread um, because it's easy. Somebody can go out with a knowledge of gutters just like I did and buy a machine and put it in the back of a truck. But it doesn't mean that they have, you know, business acumen to scale a business or to actually impact uh, the economy uh, in a positive way. So let's, let's talk quickly about 
what happens to businesses that don't systematize? I mean, it's kind of obvious. If it's all dependent on you, it's all dependent on you. If it's all in your brain, you might not be able to grow. Um, if growth is, is what you want. However, some people grow despite not systematizing. But what I will say is that growth is very fragile. It's a very fragile growth. We've seen people explode. I, I've seen many companies come into our area. I've seen them um, rise up. They had a great marketing campaign. I, we're watching another company go out of business right now that really, they, they made a huge dent in the gutter industry, in the window industry, and they're almost gone and out because they come in and they get this inflated thing. Or maybe you get a lot of demand for your product or service and then you go hire a bunch of people and you're kind of maintaining and you're, 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 you're balancing it all for a moment, but it is so fragile. Um, the hardest thing in, in most service-based businesses is getting to the third crew. The easiest is adding crew after crew after that. I'll tell you, adding crews is so easy when you have systems. It is so easy. I am not scared about adding crews. Most people aren't. It is the easiest thing in business um, once you've got all the systems. So I would say no matter what your goal is, if it's just you and a helper and that's all you ever want to be, great. Systematize it anyway. Um, if you want to grow, then you're going to have to systematize to have anything that is going to be sustainable and not fragile. Right? So cool. So as you can see, systems made us who we are today. It's the only reason Ken and I, you know, if you pictured us back in the day wearing all the hats, they would be 10 feet high. You know, each system helped us take off one hat and either put it on a piece of technology or another person. And so then eventually we're wearing the hat we want to or supposed to. Systems is what makes the world go round. Systems make the monetary system go round, the financial system, the educational system, uh, you know, the healthcare system. I mean, you can go down a laundry list of things that are systematized, the government, the political system. Uh, all these systems make the world go round. Um, and, you know, that should tell us something. Uh, we as human beings, I think, uh, thrive uh, when there's systems in place, when there's organization, when there's discipline, mm -hmm. uh, when there's boundaries and, 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 and foundational processes and principles. Uh, those are the things that make the world go round. And if it makes the world go round, how much more should we be putting those things into effect in our own little small sphere of influence, our little businesses that we have, uh, to make uh, not just money for ourselves, that's a byproduct. You know, money will always be there if your values align uh, with creating opportunity, uh, making a difference in other people's lives. And that goes back to the last podcast we did on the science of getting rich. Um, you know, always providing more value than you receive back in cash. It's always going to uh, be uh, good for you and for the others. And that's what I love about franchising when it's done right. It truly is win-win. It's true. So great. Hopefully you guys really enjoyed this today on systems. Um, and leave this podcast asking yourself, put your whole business, everything that you're going to do today, what if I wasn't here? Put it through the what if I wasn't here test. Every part of your business and, and start to process what would be breaking if you weren't here. And that is the beginning of your journey to systematize your business. Thanks for joining us and we hope you implement at least one or two nuggets from this episode that will give you the confidence to grow. Subscribe to our podcast to stay updated and grow with the bros.